Well, you know, you can't spell barn without bar. Maybe he's kind of a dick. I was baking my famous gunpowder pie. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Yay. Cheers. Wizards and wine. Okay, so the episode is called Banquet of the Dam. Written by Benoit de Burnaby. Found it on DM Skill. That's where I get the majority of the one-offs that we play. What I really like about it is that you can find cool adventures for like $3. Which is great. Because I just bought like 12 <laughs> of them. So the first thing we're going to do is go around the table, introduce ourselves, talk about our characters for a little while, and a super exciting today is that we have a brand new player. She was like, what? You need me to what? And that person <laughs> uh, happens to be my sister. So we're going to introduce her last because we're going to pepper her with questions about her character and see how well she paid attention during character creation. Right. <laughs> You're so lucky. Mm. Uh, okay, so Renee, we'll start with you. I'm Renee, and my character this week is Boozle. She's a half-orc barbarian. Amazing. She's got a noble background, but really only in name. So people like orcs, I suppose, would recognize the name as being, you know, noteworthy. Sure. But she mostly just enjoys the parties that the that being well known kind of gets her. <laughs> Hence so, Boozle. Boozle. She 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 likes to drink and she likes uh, everyone else almost as much. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Cynthia, who do you have this week? I have a ranger cleric okay. multi class. So I took two classes. Human or? Human. Okay. Um, raised by my human father and my drow stepmom. Oh, okay. I'm still thinking of a name for her. <laughs> It'll come to me. It'll come to me. Um, and she is a gloomstalker ranger. Okay. What's the gloomstalker? Where did you find it? Okay. I found gloomstalker in Xanthar's Guide to Everything. I mean, we could call it like a second edition player's handbook, right? Yeah, it's got different things for the the same type of classes, but it has additional um, different options, options for them options, yeah. from the player's handbook. Mm -hmm. um, a gloom stalker is they they like the dark places, um, deep under the earth and gloomy alleyways, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, she gets like pretty cool spells and as a ranger. I really like the one feature of her that you give yourself a bonus to your initiative rolls equal to your wisdom modifier. So wow. You get your regular bonus plus your wisdom. Cool. It's called Dread Ambusher. Mm. So that's pretty cool. And as a human, I don't have dark vision, but with this class, or this archetype, I do. Okay. Which comes in handy. Yeah, no joke. But I grew up in the Underdark, mm -hmm. and I figured that Gloomstalker would be pretty cool to go with for that. And I'm just a Grave Cleric. That's, again, from Xanthar's Guide to Everything. Okay. So, All right. yeah, I figured she'd be fun. I'm trying not to play her too gloomy. <laughs> the original Aaron <laughs> in my life. Okay, Aaron, tell us a bit about your character. He is a Eldritch Knight fighter. Uh, he's a tiefling. He fights with a sword and a shield, or two swords, depending on what he needs to go for. 
Uh, he's a healer, so he's got a little bit of magic behind him. Um, you multi-classed, right? Yeah, we multi-classed. Into cleric, right? Yes. Okay. Was I supposed to multi-class too? Oh. No, I just did it. No, we just we multi-classed her this morning because I just wanted her to have as broad an experience as we could for her first time so is, she's is, is this your first time playing ever ever yeah this is really her first ever oh. like exposure this is fun <laughs> this is <laughs> awesome she actually ended up with some really cool stuff so her uh cantrips i forgot to write down thaumaturgy because tieflings always get that yes they do as we learned when we played Hal scouts uh so she has true strike blade ward thaumaturgy divine favor and shield of faith uh, she has a plus two damage with a single one-handed weapon. Uh, she's got two hand axes. But her AC is 18. Golly. And her, her hit points are 56 hit points. I'm going to stand behind you. Honest <laughs> to God, right? Those NPCs don't have a chance. The great thing about D&D is if you want to do something, it's almost like, can I do this? Probably. Okay. Banquet of the Damned. The adventure takes place in Wom- Womford. W-O-M-F-O-R-D. Worm food. <laughs> Worm food. <laughs> you're coming into <laughs> the village um, at an interesting time because you're coming uh, just a, like but a couple of days before this big festival that happens in the village. And the central piece to this festival is uh, a pie contest. And there are two people in the town who are really the only competition in this pie contest. These are two dudes who have been rivals for forever. Like, one was a bully of the other when they were growing up. Like, this rivalry has history. They actually legitimately hate each other. <laughs> and it all culminates once a year in a pie contest. Uh, so, Wormford is a tiny village on the banks of the Desarian River. Other than the docks, a stone church, and a mill, there's not really much here in the town. There aren't any shops or blacksmiths or inns or taverns. And just as you're about to head back to barge, the Barge Right Inn, which is a kind of across the river, um, a humble peasant approaches you. His name is Jones Spitfire. And uh, he says, hey, 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 you guys, you guys, are, you guys are looking for something. Apparently he's from New York. <laughs> you guys are looking for something. You guys need something? You need things? I know some things. What kind of things? Yeah, like a place to stay, a place to rest your head. You travelers? A place to drink. A place to drink. Okay, we can we can work on this. We can work with this. Uh, but I want to tell you though, my ma, my ma's got plenty of beds that she rents, right? My ma, she's she's a good lady. Just a few silver coins, and we also know all the, the good the good shops around town and where you could get some drink. But you know those fancy door signs that you see hanging over places? We ain't got none of those here, cause you know them them's fancy things, and we ain't got no money to pay for that kind of sort of thing here in this in this little village here that you found yourselves in. You sound like Boston Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, I don't know what happened or where it came from or why, but this is how this guy talks, I guess. I'm going to ask him, so so what's the news? Well, I mean, you, you kind of came to the village at the, the best time of year. We're getting ready for the big festival. I mean, I mean, everybody gets together in the town square and we watch the pie contest. I mean, these are two guys and they've been going back and forth with the title for years now. And, you know, the competition's getting real, real good. I mean, ain't nobody else in the town can compete with these two guys, but they make good pies. They make the pies? Do they make their own pies? Yeah, they make their own pies. Oh. 
they got these recipes that they've been developing for years and like the rivalry goes way back like i can remember like going to school with these two guys and they would like you know uh have like challenges to each other like who could throw the rocks the farthest and then one would lose to the other and then they would have you know some fisticuffs kind of stuff and the first one that bled was the first one that lost you know so now they bake pies instead. So now they're just baking pies. I mean, what, are you going to have grown men out fighting in the streets? It's not a good look. <laughs> That's when you build an arena. An arena? What are we going to do with an arena? We're just a poor village here. Yeah, we'll just have some pies. We're <laughs> just going to eat some pies. There's been some friendships made over these pies. I'm okay. Gonna I'm going to take my two co companions aside and be like, I have a brilliant idea. You're allowed to make your own pies and eat them. Let's make air pies. <laughs> Then we can eat a million of them. <laughs> Wait, what are you saying over there? Are you making fun of me? Are you making fun of me? Not at all. Well, what does this guy... Well, wait, wait, wait. What does this guy look like? Because <laughs> he might be. I'm imagining Andrew Dice Clay. <laughs> no, I'm imagining Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah, it just, it just, he's just a humble peasant. So, you okay. know, like he probably has like, think of like the, the middle ages uh, where they had like those like weird stocking hat things, not the ones they went to bed in with the big thumb flaps, but like the, yeah, you know, and uh, just like humble clothes, like nothing of a, like a fine fabric or anything like that. There's probably, you know, some scuffs and tears in the clothes, but yeah. Now I've got an image of, uh, have you seen the first Dungeons and Dragons movie with uh, the Wayans brother and... God, probably named, ages ago. He played a character named Snails, and he had one of those hats on that had the little flaps coming up. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. We'll picture that. Go with that. Yeah. Just run with that. Um, so what brought us to the town anyways? Were you just wandering through, or...? I would say you're just kind of traveling through. With the news that you're getting from Jones Spitfire, perhaps you were intrigued enough to stick around in the town to kind of witness this wacky pie contest that he's telling you about? I mean, I, mean, I like pie. Yeah. I mean, pie is who? better. I mean, I like pie, pie better than cake. So, who determines the winner? We got we got judges then, and the judges, and you know, it's decided by applause. So they eat the pie. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, you get to try the pies. They 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 probably choose the people who are best at counting in the city. <laughs> Do you have a temple here? Yeah, we got a church here. It's called Saint Oswald's Church. It's a stone church, and it's the pride of Walmford. The former baron named it in honor of St. Oswald, who saved the village from famine during the spell plague. So my character's a little bit annoyed and says, Yeah, but I asked about a tavern. Yeah, tavern. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you probably want to go to the Spitfire Inn. I mean, it's not real fancy or nothing. It's just kind of repurposed from an old barn. Uh, but it's clean. And the the food is kind of cheap, and the ale is usually kind of warm. Uh, but the owner, Marla, Marla, she's real friendly. She's a friendly lady. Well, you know, you can't spell barn without bar. You know, you're you're right. You, you can't disagree with that. <laughs> so I, I turn to my compatriots and I say, Who want, who's up for a drink? Let's go. Cool. Let's go, yeah. All right, so you're going to head to the Spitfire Inn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the Spitfire Inn from the docks, you're going to pass a couple of things on the way. You're going to pass St. Jeremy's statue. So Jeremy was a baron who united the people of Womford against the dragon that once took control of the village. It's now like a crumbling statue of a knight holding a sword, and it's kind of become a bit of a shrine to the helm. You're also going to pass the oven. So this is kind of like a big community oven. <laughs> Okay. You're going to go past kind of like a, a field and a bit of a farm. 
and then you're going to end up at the Spitfire Inn. Now, is actually a couple of buildings. So there's the barn that has like the, the beds and stuff in it. And then there's like kind of like another building where you can go in for drinks and food and stuff. But it's all considered one kind of entity. Decent lodging, pretty good food. Marla is the owner. She's an older lady. Marvelous Marla. So you're going in? Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Up to the bar. Ask mm-hmm. for a round. It really does look like it very plainly and very obviously was a barn like rustic is a word that we'll use to describe this like kind of still smells like old hay uh, from animals who are once stored in the barn Uh, there's kind of a makeshift bar that's been set up kind of we'll say it's roughly built like it's not you know a piece of wood on barrels but it's not much more than that Um, and uh, there's um, very limited selection of drinks that you can have like ale seems to be really the only thing some mead um and uh the the kitchen really consists of you know a cauldron over an oven like not an oven but over like a fire and and you see uh, you know old marla go over there and give it a stir every once in a while so the daily special is what they serve yeah so there's like bread that you get with like a stew it's kind of like the daily stew she makes it every morning uh, so you go over to Marla and she she welcomes you graciously to uh, her establishment. She kind of gives you the details on you know what the price is f- to stay at the inn. It's two silver pieces to crash for a night. So if Each? you're in, yeah, so you can you can crash there, but it also includes like warm meals through the day. So it's kind of like an all inclusive. Two silver's pretty good. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you get a place to 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 sleep and you also get uh, food and drink. So you get, like, breakfast, lunch, dinner. Cool. And she serves you each an ale. She asks how long you plan to be in town for. I'm kind of fascinated by this pie contest. Yeah, we'll probably stay for the, the pie contest. Yeah. She's really excited to hear that news and, like, kind of claps her hands and says that's wonderful because the, the village is really quite proud of the pie contest. And, again, it's been going on for a very long time. Two people in the village seem to be the two people who are, you know, the main competitors. Nobody else really even comes close to it. Like, nobody's grandma is going to come in and suddenly win the contest because these two have been honing their recipes for a lot of years. So everyone else is just in it for the free pie. Pretty much, yeah, is what it comes down to, definitely. I like pie. As you are sitting there and you're, you're chatting with Marla, uh, this guy walks in and he is pretty well-dressed, um, obviously of a higher stature than the majority of the people who are also having drinks and warm eats at uh, the Spitfire Inn. And he's tall and muscular. He's in his mid-30s. He's uh, confident. He's got a couple of battle scars and a mithril shirt underneath his tunic. It, it all kind of adds up to you guessing that he's another like fellow adventurer. Which what race is he? Seems strange. Uh, he's human. He comes over to introduce himself or him to you. And his name is Baron Herrick of Ironford. Introduces himself and he just says, look. I need some help and I can tell that you guys are adventurers and because you're adventurers and you're in this part of the world it would lead me to believe that you're probably decent at what you do the problem is that I am not decent at what I do Um, and I need somebody to kind of help me with some sleuthing I need particularly um, people who are good at finding things out I am not a good detective is what I'm trying to say. And I need help figuring out what has happened in Jaxel's kitchen. 
and I'm going to offer you 250 gold pieces and a small plot of land here in Womford um, for your help. The only thing that I ask is that you don't kill anyone unless you're provoked, because it's not going to look good on me if you're just running around town killing folks. It's just not how we do things here. So every year, uh, the pie contest is actually part of a large banquet, which is organized in honor of Shanti. Um, it happens every year. It's a ceremony that's supposed to take place in two days from the day that you arrive in the town. Uh, and of course, it includes the Womford Pie Contest. Mortimer Wormstooth and Jaxel Longboot. They are the two serious competitors that you guys have been hearing about since you arrived in town. For anyone else, the contest is really just an excuse to eat delicious pie, <laughs> as, <laughs> as we've already kind of figured out. Now, Mortimer and Jack, again, never got along, and it's only gotten worse. It's kind of brought out the worst in both of these men. The Baron doesn't think that the fire that happened was an accident, because Jaxel said his oven actually blew up. So it wasn't just a, a fire, like it actually blew up. And he thinks that Mortimer did this, and he's openly accusing him in the town, which is causing more problems ahead of this wonderful banquet that we prepare every year. I mean, I don't know how you guys are going to get to the bottom of this, but he's kind of openly suggesting that you actually just go ahead and sneak into Mortimer's house and, and have a look around. Like, he's encouraging you to do some break and entering. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask, why is he looking into it? Well, he's kind of the, the noble of the city. He prefers to spend his days hunting and practicing swordplay. He left the town actually about 15 years ago and then came back when his father died. He doesn't feel like he's really capable of governing the village. I mean, he's trying to do the best that he can because he left so many years ago. He kind of missed all of the formal training that he should have had with his father. And uh, so now he's back to try to, you know, keep the peace in, in the village. So you can tell that he's kind of a good-hearted man. Uh, he doesn't really care a lot about rules and, and protocols. He doesn't hesitate to break the law to bring wrongdoers to justice. These are just things that you should know. As long as you guys just don't go around town butchering folks, he's probably going to overlook any kinds of transgressions. So is the Baron basically, the, is there another sheriff? Is there someone else who's going to like... Is there a law in the town? Well, he's kind of the guy that you're always going to be answering to. So if something goes wrong, it'll be the Baron who is looking into it. Oh, he is the law. Yeah, so he is the guy. Under that, mm -hmm. he should be able to fully investigate anything that seems suspicious. He's trying to really save face, right? Because he, again, is new to coming back here and kind of taking up the, the government position in the town to be its leader. He doesn't really want the townspeople, the village people, to to catch on people. to the fact <laughs> <laughs> he, okay in this case he's the cop okay he doesn't really want folks to catch on to the fact that he's actually kind of dumb when it comes to this stuff and he would much rather have some other people in town doing the dirty work than him actually having to do some of the more questionable things and he just wants everything to be resolved quickly because I mean the more time he spends actually in the town doing his actual job the less time he's out doing like hunting and other things that the nobility does okay does he have any kind of like a letter or a sigil that he could give us so that you know if we get confronted by a violent mob we can at least not 
get confronted by an angry mob? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair Something question. To but show you don't, that yeah, you don't, yeah. you don't really need that because I mean, the the village. I mean, everybody is pretty preoccupied with getting things ready for this how, banquet. How big a village? It's it not is? very big. Okay. Like there might be 150 people in okay. it. Like this okay. is tiny. Like it's shocking to find people who aren't related. <laughs> right like kind of think like if a whole village was either the Hatfields or the McCoys mm-hmm. so, so so 200 coins each 250 each yeah like he's got some deep pockets wow 350 each 250 each did I say three or are you just being a stinker you're just being a stinker <laughs> all right all right all right all right I see how you are what kind of a timeline are we looking at to find this out? Uh, he just wants it to solved yeah. as soon as possible. I mean, the, the big banquet happens in like two days. Uh, the pie contest is kind of part of that. So you've got probably 48 hours maybe to see if you can sort through it. I love I, I love that we're playing a detective game and we have like no rogues. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'll say we'll look, we'll look into it. What do you think? Yep. Go for it. Okay, so what I'm... Okay, well, I'm just going to lead you a little bit here to kind of get us into the investigation. Maps or anything like that that we can use? Well, I guess we can, because I've shared the information that was on this map. Hang on, hang on, hang on. So Jaxel's asked the Baron to look into it. So we could look in Jaxel's kitchen and see, like, what actually happened. I mean, this right? is a really good place to start. Yeah. Absolutely. I think... Let's go to the scene of the crime. Okay. Yeah. All right. You're going to head to Jaxel Longboot's home. <laughs> okay. So you uh, arrive, and uh, Jaxel is there, and he kind of comes out of his house as he sees you approaching. He seems to be still in shock. He's kind of stuttering as he's talking to you guys. We've been tasked with trying to find out what happened in your home. I think Mortimer Wormstooth tried to kill me. Maybe take a look around. Well, I mean, it's it's the whole part of the house that you're going to look at is, like, open to the breeze now. So, yeah, go ahead. Have a look. Thank you. So I start looking around the... Uh... I roll inspection. Okay, sure. Inspect go for it. The... Yeah. Plus zero to investigation. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Aaron, roll for investigation as well. So that's the big dice. Yeah. Yeah. Fifteen. 14. 16. He kind of follows you into the house and he just starts like sharing information with you as you guys are kind of poking about. It absolutely looks like something blew up in the oven. It doesn't look like something caught fire. Like the oven is um, like bent outwards and the oven door is kind of like hanging off of one hinge in the front and it's got the big outward dent in it. And he just says, you know, like my whole family was home. Everybody was here. Everybody was in the house. And uh, all of a sudden, there was a big explosion. Were you baking anything at the time? He says yes. He was practicing in the kitchen when the fire occurred. He says there were even green flames that came out of the oven. What were you baking? Uh, so I was practicing my pie for the pie contest. Okay, where are the ingredients that you used for the pie? I was baking my famous gunpowder pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm thinking something got replaced in his ingredients with something that looked the same. Okay, interesting. Uh, he, you know, kind of explains uh, some of the ingredients that are usually in the pie, but the kitchen had burnt down so badly um, because the flames, these green flames were so hot that there's not really a whole lot left. Like, there's no 
flour left. Like there is no like ingredients or whatever left. I'm curious if someone dropped something down the chimney. That could be a possibility. Yeah. The green flames kind of do suggest or point to the idea that something other than wood was in the oven when it blew up. So we didn't get anything good with our our rolls. We're not sufficient to find. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that they, like it's it's burnt. So I mean, aside from the obvious uh, indications that there was an explosion here in the kitchen and his description of green flames, I'm like, there's not really much else to kind of uh, get from the kitchen. Does anyone? I mean, I can roll an ar- Arcana check to actually, see if I know what green flames Actually, um, I would like you to make another investigation check, actually, please. 14. Seven. Uh, one. <laughs> Ouch. You're just, like, looking at the window at this point. You're just like, what's over there? Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, a bird flew. Right? 13. 13. Okay, um, so you kind of go over to the oven, and you're kind of having a look through the oven. I mean, it's a big iron oven, but it's not fueled by, like, a gas oven the way that we have it. So there is, like, a spot underneath the oven where wood would burn. So you kind of start poking around down there, and you find some melted stones. That's how hot this fire was. I mean, that's unusual as far as, like, it's not like you can... It's, it's not something that an average peasant or farmer would have access to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could roll an arcana check. My arcana sucks. My arcana skill sucks, but I'll, I'll try rolling one. Okay, sure. Go for it. <laughs> get a one. You get a one! Yay! So, yeah, these just actually, um, even though you didn't get much on your arcana check, you do recognize them as just kind of typical stones. Like, everything has a melting point or a spot. At 11. Yeah, it's a point where uh, at least the rocks would, like, start to split if they were burning that hot. But it is definitely some kind of magical flame because they melted instead of cracked and stuff. So there was something interesting about this. So Jack kind of suggests that maybe instead of standing here interrogating him and asking him questions, you should probably go talk to Mortimer. Who's Mortimer? His rival. Okay. I mean, I want to know what to ask him about. I have to, we have to look at what's happened. Yeah, the oven blew up. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just go ask him maybe if he did have any involvement in it. It's pretty straightforward. What do you think we should do? I mean, we could hang this guy by up, up by his thumbs mm. and try and get more info. Hang him by his toes. Okay. Flip I mean, him upside have, down. We have lots of digits to choose from. We do. Yes. Hang him by his toes. Figure something out. <laughs> I mean, talking to Mortimer, I think, does make sense. Yeah, so something magical. I, we could go see Mortimer, Mortimer and see if he has any kind of magical inclination. Does he have books at all? Which is suspicious in and of itself. <laughs> Especially in this village? Yeah. Yeah, take a good look at the ovens, like the oven and stuff like that. And then go have a conversation with Morty while there. Mm-hmm. Take a look around God. and see if there's anything similar looking in his home. I'll ask, ask Jaxel, is there anybody else who would have something against you other than because this is kind of the obvious fella mm-hmm. he's dead set that Mortimer is the guy that you need to talk to like he is convinced in his heart of hearts so how did this rival start just always been just pie based 
rivalry. Well, no, it's not even pie based. Like this started when they were like kids. Oh. I mean, they're kind of like the same. They're so evenly matched in everything, and for one to pick on the other, and then that one to pick on the other, and then that one to pick on the other, it's just been this gross cycle that's happened through their entire lives. It's a case of who got who last, you know? They're just focusing their anger through pie at this point. <laughs> yeah, because they've both kind of got families at this point and responsibilities. Uh, actually, Aaron, can you roll an insight check for me? 14. Okay, can you look and see if you have anything on your skill list? Do you have insight? No, but it's your wisdom plus two. So 16. Okay, so do you understand why that is, Aaron? Nope. Okay. Each stat... Either has a plus, a minus, or a zero that you can add to it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you have the skill, you it's colored in. Okay. That means you're proficient in it. Which means you add this bonus plus that bonus. Okay. If you don't have a it colored in for your skill that you're proficient, you don't get that, but you get that number Hmm. added to it. And here's where it says what skill it is used for. So insight there shows wisdom so you add the plus two okay it's 14 plus two so 16 as this is happening i was going to call you mortimer morthos is having a look around and he sees a book that kind of has uh rents collected written on the front of it and uh as you kind of peek through the cover like you accidentally flip the cover over you know like you do you kind of do one of these you're just like whoops and the lid popped open and you're like whoops a page turned whoops another page turned the wind got a hold of it whoops yeah. i can't believe this keeps happening and you know and you're you, you're just kind of having a look um through this now what you kind of get out of this book is that uh jaxel is actually one of the wealthier men in town, at least you're kind of putting this together on the fly as you're having a look at some of these money totals, which is money coming in uh, to this guy's pocket. He is actually like the lender and borrower, and he's the guy who controls rent and all of the stuff in the village. So he's uh, kind of I don't want to say ruthless, um, but he certainly wouldn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of get the impression based on some of the totals that he's managed to bring in a couple of times that he's probably been a little bit ruthless to people who maybe got behind on their rent. Like he may have had to persuade them uh, that it was time to cough up the rent. And you kind of get the idea of just based on some of these totals that have come through this ledger book that maybe <laughs> so maybe he was lying about not having any other enemies. So these are the things that you learn okay. hmm. just by spotting that book. So you could either you could confront him, or you could tell us, and we could gang up on him. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. So really, you're the only one at this point who knows that piece of information. You can yeah. choose to share it. You can choose to keep it to yourself. Um, you can keep it to yourself until you leave his place and are on your way to Mortimer's and you can kind of add it as a piece of information that you guys should consider during your investigation however you want to play it yeah when we as we're leaving then I'll loop them in loop the mill in yeah okay Okay. so you're heading to Mortimer 
Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right. So I'm curious if Mortimer actually owes him any money. Did you see any of that in the book? 100% your call. You can say no. You can say yes. No. Okay. Okay. All right. So you get to Mortimer's place, which, as it turns out, is a bit of a trek from one to the other. I mean, I don't think they could live further apart from each other than they do. Mortimer's farm is kind of like behind Jaxel's farm. Jack's farm. As you arrive, you get the impression that he's actually quite scared. I'm approaching with caution. Mm. He meets you out on the front porch of his house. Or at least what looks like a front porch. Not his house. He asks what you're doing on his land. What are you doing on my land? Kind of thing, right? Like old guy. He is trying to get you to leave as quickly as possible. He's just like, I'm not interested in talking to anybody. Don't know what you're talking about. We've been asked to investigate the explosion at Jax's place. He's kind of rubbing his hands through his hair and he's like, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. He just kind of keeps repeating that over and over. He's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know. Where were you when it, when it happened? I was home. I was home. I was here. Is there anybody else who can confirm that? He's like, yeah, my, my, my wife. My wife can confirm that. She was here. She was here with me. Anybody that's not of any sort of relation to you? No, no. I was here. I was home. I was home with my wife. Doing what? Uh, I was I was working working on my pies. Obviously, I mean the pie contest is coming up. That's what I was doing. I was working on the pies. Can I see some of your pies? Absolutely. So he invites you in. You go into the house. Uh, as you go in, you kind of get a better look. I would like you all to make a perception check, please. Uh, fifteen. Twenty-one. Nineteen. Uh, so you kind of get a better look at this guy, and he looks really tired he's got very pale skin his hair um you know is is disheveled kind of looks like he's almost been like pulling on it a little bit like he's he's very something has got this guy freaked out big time (laughs) he kind of reveals that he is definitely afraid and doesn't want to get into anything and he um just wants to make some pies and win this contest and for it to be all over I mean, I'll straight out ask him, why are you so, why do you, why are you so nervous right now? Um, he says that it's, it, it has to do with, it has to do with the maggots. It's the maggots. And then he kind of, uh, realizes what he said and he's like, no, I mean, I mean, never mind. No, it's nothing. It's nothing. I mean, I'll use, I'll use persuasion and be like and try and coerce it out of him. Be like, what, what, what do you mean, the maggots? What do you mean? Actually, instead of persuasion, um, how about making a charisma check? Straight up charisma? Straight up charisma. 22. Okay. Uh, actually, sorry, nat 20. Oh, a nat 20. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. Here are the following things that he uh, just kind of starts to share with you. Um, he sits down at his table and he just kind of resigns himself and he's exhausted. And he confirms again that Jaxel and Mortimer are long-term 
and longtime rivals. Um, but he also says that he would never do anything illegal or unlawful to beat him, like blowing up his house. Like, that's just not his style. He doesn't have anything to do with the fire. He was in his house. He was minding his own business when it happened. He admits that Jaxel is a ruthless businessman and a notorious bully. And Mortimer uh, wouldn't be surprised if someone finally did decide to take a little bit of action out against him. But he's like, it wasn't me. Definitely, definitely wasn't me. Who do you think it would be? I want you to make an insight check, please. But what about the maggots? 14. 14? You just kind of are paying very close attention for now like you're definitely you're very quiet but you're you're a knight so you've kind of done interrogations before and you're just kind of paying very close step back but yeah like you're sitting at the table but you're not like engaging with him right now you're just kind of observing but what about the maggots okay that's what i my character wants to hone in on make another charisma check for me i mean i'll I'll do an intimidation (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you need to intimidate him i really think that he wants to talk (laughs) i just think that he is uh, actually just plain old fearful so (laughs) charisma uh 13 okay um he reveals to you the following piece of information two ten days ago he was in his kitchen cooking he was at apple pie and all of a sudden a talking worm dug its way out of an apple and told him that maggots were growing in his stomach and that they would kill him if he didn't do as instructed or if he talked to anyone about their encounter and then he kind of like looks very very fearful and is really concerned that if he has said this out loud that uh, the the maggots that he's convinced are growing in his stomach um, are going to kill him. Where's the worm now? It's just, it's gone. It disappeared. Hmm. Everyone make a medicine check. Please. Ten. Ten, okay. Nine. I'm just going to tell him in the future if you have a talking worm, Eight. that's that's money in the bank. <laughs> right. Eighteen. Yeah. You kind of get a bit of a chuckle out of him. Yeah. So you get an eighteen. Okay. He does admit that he felt an intense stomach ache and he regurgitated what appeared to be some housefly larvae, larva. like they were larvae of some sort. Which are maggots. Also, the worm asked Mortimer to practice making pies until the contest and to leave the apple pies that he makes behind the southern granary near the docks, which is weird. Sorry, what was the first thing the worm asked them to do? To continue to practice making pies until the pie contest. And with those pies that he was practicing with, uh, to leave them behind the southern granary, which is down near the docks. And he says that uh, the worm ordered him to prepare a batch of special apple pies for the Womford pie contest. Um, He was to ground the flesh of the maggots from his stomach, the ones that he was throwing up, and mix it into the dough. And that he then needed to bake the pies using a highly flammable combustible and say a few words in this really weird language that he had never heard before um, during the baking. So you rolled a... 18. So you've kind of deduced (laughs) through some of the stuff that he's saying, poor old Mortimer is dealing with some kind of supernatural curse or some kind of supernatural disease or something. Like there's something that is not of this usual existence that's happening with this guy. Okay. Now he does admit as well that he prepared some of the chemicals in advance for the banquet. When he heard about the fire in Jaxel's kitchen, he got worried uh, that uh, somebody may show up and search his house. So he 
um, just took the, the chemicals that he had made and he buried them down by the river. And he looks very much ashamed of, of what he had done. What were the words you were saying when you were... Can you make a religion check? Nine. You two are? Ooh, 23. 19. Wow. Okay, that was really good. Uh, and that was a religion check. So the words seem to be not undercommon. Undercommon is different than infernal, right? Yeah. Undercommon is drought. Undercommon is drought. Okay, so yeah, it's different. Drow, illithid, that type of thing. Infernal. Infernal is tiefling. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it's not infernal either. It's demonic. Well, demonic Uh, and infernal uh, are the same. You also know, because you rolled so well, that Mortimer kind of went through a ritual that you've heard of for gullibuses, gullibuses, to infuse food with their essence. Sidebar on that. Gola buses. Yeah. Dude, what what is that? I'm gonna read it to you right yeah. now. So they are demons of greed that have the ability to infuse specially prepared food with their essence and gain limited control over anyone who eats it. Gola buses gain the ability to communicate telepathically with an affected creature and make it hallucinate and kill it. All of these abilities have a 30 mile range. Gullibuses typically use their abilities to coerce their victims into doing their bidding. The source of the demon's curse are the maggots that grow inside the stomach of anyone who's eaten the demonic food. A cleric of a non-evil faith who exercises them with a tedious ritual and free the contaminated person from the demon's control. A contaminated person can also infuse food with the demon's essence. The person first needs to regurgitate some of the maggots growing in his stomach and use them as an ingredient in the food he prepares. He then needs to check his food using a combustible called demon ash and chant a few incomprehensible words during the cooking. The timing and pronunciation of these words has to be perfect for the ritual to work. If anything goes wrong, the food is either powerless or has side effects. Have we eaten anything yet? (laughs) No, but you did have a little bit of of ale when you were at the uh, Spitfire. Was it it filtered? (laughs) (laughs) Cold filtered ale. Yeah, right? (laughs) Cold filtered. What is that at minus 20 degrees or something? What is that course commercial? So I think, I mean, right now we have two options. We can go see where he's been. How, How often has he been dropping off the pies? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I would say he probably goes through like one or two a day. Um, so there's that. So how many pies have you distributed? Uh, well, he's been working on them for like 20 days. So, so about 40 pies. Yeah, yeah. We'll say on the, on the high end, probably 40 pies. So we could either go and see where, like we could, I'm saying this inside where Mordor can't hear, mm-hmm. uh, that we can either go and see where he's been dropping off the pies and follow see who's been picking him up or we can go and look through the ingredients that he dropped off and see what's going on with those when is your next drop off well he just says he hasn't he hasn't been practicing pie making today so he doesn't have any plans to do a drop off today bake your pie okay i'm gonna make the drop off all right oh okay you're gonna make it i have disguised self okay interesting Okay, I like it. Oh, actually, uh, he can't make it the way that he has been making it because of that one special ingredient he buried down by the river. Get it. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll wait here. Okay. (laughs) No, we'll go with you. Uh, Sure. Okay, because, I mean, and two, with the information that he's given you guys, he is, again, very afraid for, like, his life. These things told him that if he told anybody, he would die. Like, there's no question. 
he's gonna die because he's telling people. You know, it's kind of the same as, uh, you know, don't tell anybody we're gonna come kill you. Think of the Sopranos. Never watched. You don't want to be a rat. Okay, so you're going to go and get the stuff from down by the river. Mm -hmm. So he needs the demon ash to infuse the apple pies with the Gullibus' essence. So when would the next drop-off be? Uh, well, he says that there wasn't really ever, like, a set time. Like, he didn't have to drop one off by, like, noon. It was just, you know, he had to drop off pies. Whenever they were completed. Yeah. So, like, if he made one at 1 a.m., he had to go drop it off. If he made one at, you know, noon, he had to go drop it off. That kind of situation okay. is what he was in. I, I, I want to find a vantage point to watch where he drops off the pie. I'm not necessarily concerned if you drop it off or he drops it off, as long as where... We can see yeah. what, where it's being dropped off so that we can... Yeah. 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 Uh, so he uh, kind of acquiesces to your request. <laughs> Big word. And he uh, grabs his jacket and his hat and he, you know pops his collar and pulls his hat down low over his forehead and heads out and he makes his way down towards the docks to uh, this uh, little like riverbank area so he's probably like in like this area here so it's like on the other side of all of the uh, the wharfs between the big building there and, and the wharf so it's like to the right of those and there's like a little shrub there so he kind of digs down beside the shrub and he pulls out this little glass container and he fills the hole back in and kind of steps on it a little bit to make it so it doesn't look like it's been disturbed turns around on his heel and just kind of walks right back to the house nothing of interest nothing of note happened when he went to collect the items or the item he really did it of his own volition just to make sure that if the baron had shown up at the house there wasn't anything that seemed out of place he uh, starts to put together a pie. I mean, now I'm kind of getting to the point where I think, so there's all these pies that are evil out there, and there's a pie-eating contest coming up. I'm so guessing these have been fed to people. Already? Or have they been saved up for... Over 20 days? Pies, they don't have preservatives. They're not going to be... <laughs> it's not going to last 20 days. I think they've been feeding this to these people so they have control over them when the time comes. Do you have an idea, a philosophy? I'm thinking head to the church and see what's going on at the church. Okay. Let's see if the, if the local pastor has any uh, yeah. inkling on how evil people are being. Yeah, because they would, what's going on with me? Like something's happening, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And they're going to seek his counsel, rule out possession. Yeah. I'm hearing voices, and it's not the usual voices. Okay, so he's like, cool, it's going to take me like 45 minutes to like an hour and a half to, to make this pie and, and to get it prepared. Do you want to head to a church? Do you want to stay in his house and look around his house? I think we could go head to the church and have a quick chat and then head back over. As long as we're not taking more than like a half hour. Yeah. Okay. Do clocks, do the watches exist? That <laughs> this worm came out of. Where did you get it from? Uh, he said it just showed up, well, like in the bushel of, of apples that he had had picked up at the market. At the market. Yeah, he said it didn't really Is come from. Is there a from... particular vendor? Uh, no, he said there's like three or four of them that sell apples and and like farming supplies in particular. They usually pick them right out of their farms and then head in, right into the market with them. Like there's not much of a layover between mm -hmm. you know tree and market. Bake your pie. We'll be back here. 
do not leave to deliver it until we return. He makes you pinky swear that you're coming back. Yep. <laughs> he's feeling particularly vulnerable at this point because he's given you guys all of this information and he is he was scared for his life before and now it's like doubled down in, in the fear that this guy has. So you head to the church, St. Oswald's Church. You go through the, the doors, everything again, very plain, nothing super ornate. The, the, ta- the village is obviously not a super well-off village, but they're getting by, right? And you go inside and you find the priest. Her name is Dakara Spuma. Uh, she's the parish priestess of Shanti. She's a middle-aged woman, and she's the village's spiritual guide. She helps people understand the ways of the Great Mother and conducts the important religious rites and ceremonies for the town. And I would like you to make a religion check. Whew, five. Six. Okay. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was interesting. <laughs> You're having this conversation with Dakara, and I assume you're going to share some of the things that have been happening with Mortimer. Are you, like, there to share information back and forth? Is this a two-way street, or are you more asking questions to get answers? No, I think we're probably just kind of seeing where... What the priestess um, shares with you is that she has had a couple of people come in who um, definitely seem a little bit different um, than they had been um, over the past you know, 20, 25 days or so. And she says that uh, some people have come in with uh, concerns about, uh, you know, the, the goddess mother that uh, they uh, worship in the town. And she says that some people have come in and have just been looking for like some kind of spiritual cleansing. Maybe not quite as far as an exorcism, but there are some people who she has um, had conversations with who we're almost to the point of perhaps needing or requesting an exorcism. Why do you ask? We are investigating the explosion at Jackson's place. She says, she says, oh, yes, I did hear about that. And uh, she said, you know, an, an oven exploding is definitely a, a weird event in this town. And definitely, especially disconcerting, considering we have the big festival coming up with the pie contest. Yes. So we're just looking at all angles of that. Sure. Are, sure. You, are you planning on participating? I don't participate, no. Um, I uh, do tend to keep a hold of the ballots to uh, help decide the winner of the pie contest see i'm just wondering how much do we tip our hand do we trust this person or does she does she secretly like pie (laughs) does she like one over the other does she favor one more than the other oh you mean the guys yeah okay well yeah no um she is she genuinely uh make an insight check for me 20 okay all right she genuinely just seems concerned for her flock in the village. And while she may appreciate members of her congregate congregation more so than others, she doesn't really seem to project an air of having flagrant favoritism when it comes to people who are in the village. If you are in trouble or if you need help or if you are able to give help, you know, she certainly isn't passing judgment on anyone in the village. And she doesn't seem like the kind of lady who plays favorites. Like, she's not your suspicious kind of, you know, religious follower. Yeah, or religious leader. She's definitely, like, on the up and up. She's good people. The best kind of people. Okay. I'm wearing... 
I've dressed as a ranger. Okay. But I've got my god symbols on my ranger clothing. I don't wear the vestments of a cleric. Okay. Um, I wear scales. Okay. Kalemvor. Basically, he's watches over the dead. Okay. Are you doing a secret religious handshake or? Nope. I'm just <laughs> so she'll see that I'm a priestess of. Oh, okay. Got you. Okay, so it is kind of a hat tip to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, a contest of they like do the religious rites and stuff like that. Yeah, like, the like male, almost like the version of the Raven. I almost went Raven Queen, but I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not going the there again. Just in the background, tapping your nose. For yeah, like we, like we, we obviously are speaking the same language here. Is kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. She does say that somebody that she has had discussion with is actually the village alchemist. And uh, she says that she isn't a particularly good alchemist as far as alchemy goes, but she makes love potions and she is able to identify, you know, um, some things. Um, she's even able to, every once in a while, concoct a medicinal, you know, cure of, of some sort, whether it's a earache or an upset tummy or something along those lines. She can usually help with that. Her name is Georgina Tucker. The priestess uh, says that she does have to get ready for the next um, meeting of the congregation, and uh, she excuses herself, suggests that you go and speak with Georgina, um, but says if you need any further help or if you would like her to accompany you to go and see anybody like Mortimer, then you are absolutely more than welcome to come back, and she'll help you in whatever way that she can. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Truly, any time, my children. Well, she sounds like a person who could help with that ritual. If we need it. Yep. If we get all the components. Uh, how long has it been? For? Tra- uh, traveling here and talking to her. and. Okay, yeah. If you go back to Mortimer now, you're probably... He's probably done. be close to having the pie done. Yeah. Okay. You head back? Yes, yeah, so let's okay. head back to Mortimer. Morty. Morty's got his pie done. It's kind of sitting on the in the middle of the table, and he's just kind of standing between the table and the oven. He's got his arms crossed, and he's just kind of standing there staring at it when you arrive and walk into the house. Is the pie talking to you? (laughs) Any problems? No, no problems. Just baking as usual. I think. I know I was going to do deliver it myself. But I think what we should do is you deliver it. We'll follow (laughs) at a safe distance. Watch. Do you know how quickly they retrieve it after you've delivered it? He says no, he's never stuck around. Uh, he just kind of drops the pie and takes off because frankly all of this he finds quite terrifying. Yeah. How do you drop it off? You just leave it on a barrel or something? Yeah, I just kind of leave it on the steps that are behind the building. Okay. Yeah. Behind the granary. Well, so you go drop it off. We'll follow stealthily. Yes. Okay, stealth check please. Pass without a trace. Oh, something. Ten. And we get the damage. You get plus ten. Plus ten. Oh, twenty. Yeah, right. Boom. Twenty-one. So you got a thirty-one, or did you get an eleven? I got an eleven. 11. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Thirty-four. Damn, girl, you didn't even leave footprints. Where'd you go? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have a plus. Eight. Oh wow! <laughs> On stealth. On stealth. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude. that's I crazy. Have a, I have a twenty dexterity. 
Nice. Uh, you follow Mortimer uh, stealthfully and uh, magnificently stealthfully, actually. Uh, people aren't even aware that you're in the streets. He, again, passes without incident. He walks around the back of the granary. He drops the pie off on the doorstep, as it seems that he has done at least, you know, upwards of 40 times. He just turns around and, and comes back out from around behind the building. I mean, he knows where you guys have been standing, so he just kind of uh, not really gives a nod, but gives some kind of acknowledgement and starts to walk back towards his house. Side eye. Yeah. Something as subtle as that. And so I guess we'll wait. We'll pray, wait for quite a quite a while. We'd have to. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take shifts. Ooh, keeping... shifts. Okay. Uh, is that an initiation? An initiation? Is that a um, initiative thing? Yeah. Is that an initiative thing, or do you just roll for just, order? I think we just decide order. We just decide who's gonna wait first. And... Yeah. I'll go first. We still have to stay within thirty feet of me to stay with the pass without a trace. Yeah. So you can just. Nope. Relax. Yeah, I mean, y'all are basically invisible, so. How far from the drop point is the building? Is it more than 30 feet? The drop point is attached to the building. It's the doorstep right behind it. Yeah. So just keeping an eye on the pie on the doorstep. The door opens. Okay, so you're watching first. Can you make a perception check, too? Sure. (laughs) Oh, God. Decisions, decisions. I rolled a one. <laughs> <laughs> you like fall asleep during your watch. Who was second? Really tired. I'll go second. You went second, so yeah. you show up ready to take over for her, and she's like out cold. Pass with a trace only lasts an hour. Give her a kick. Booter. Right. <laughs> like, dude, you had one job. <laughs> Next week on Wizards and Wine, the consequences of falling asleep on the job and exorcism. And when do we get to eat that pie anyway? New episodes every Tuesday. Make sure to check us out on social media at Wizards and Wine on both Twitter and Instagram and Wizards and Wine on Facebook. We'll see you there. So I say, where's the pie? Guys, 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 what's going on? Guys, there's really nothing weird about this house. 